0: Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. God, you are almighty. Which means you have all power. Any power that is fighting us is diminished in your presence. Thank you, dear Lord, that your power is greater than nuclear power. It's greater than atomic power. We thank you, dear Lord, that it is greater than the power of the White House. It is greater than what is taking place in the governor's mansion. Now, God, we're asking that you will take power and wield it over our lives. Cut off the power source of our every adversarial force. Let us who carry your name be the last one standing. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you clap your hands and give God glory? Come on, you can do better than that. Clap your hands. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. Give him thanksgiving. You may be seated. I'll bless the Lord at all times. as praise will continuously be in our mouths. Thank you uh, for sharing uh, just this slither of time with us uh, this evening. Uh, You started the day, many of you at least, uh, started the day with us uh, this morning in prayer, and uh, we are grateful. We believe that the prayers of the righteous uh, availeth much. I want to direct your attention to uh, Psalm 86. Uh, Those of you who were uh, with us on last week, would you make some noise for me? We are here last week. Uh, Psalm 86, I entrusted you uh, with great faith, great confidence that uh, you would uh, take it into your uh, prayer mantle, into your war room, uh, and that you would uh, study uh, this uh, sacred uh, chapter. Psalm 86. Psalm 86. I am uh, going to do uh, just a... uh, a brief synopsis as to where it is that we ended uh, on last week just to get our newcomers up to snuff uh, and then uh, we will sojourn uh, throughout the rest of the chapter. It is my intention uh, that we will close out Psalm 86 uh, on tonight if, uh, if the Holy Spirit is willing. Uh, would you open up uh, to uh, Psalm 86? I want to uh, read in your hearing verses one, two, and three. Would you mind standing for the reading of God's word? Let me uh, publicly appreciate uh, our musicians and our uh, minstrels, of those who have led us uh, in worship on tonight. Thank you, uh, Sister Tiffany. Psalm 86, verse one, two, and three. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. I got to go to verse four. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. I can't read that and not do verse five. Lord, you are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am distressed, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord, for they will bring glory to your name. I can't believe it. I'm at verse 10. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love towards me. You delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, you are my compassionate and gracious God. You are slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you. Here it is, just like my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness. That my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. You may be seated. I want to talk about an autopsy on prayer part two. Uh, Those of you who are uh, new to our ranks, ask that you'll keep your Bibles ajar. uh, And you'll go to a place where you can take some notes there, some information Uh, that I want to give you tonight that I think will uh, serve you uh, long after this night is over. Uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, found God in the midst of the Civil War. Here's what Abraham Lincoln said, and I quote, because of the burden of the pressure that I was under, I was driven to my knees because I had nowhere else to go. Many times you'll find yourself under such undue pressure that the only place you can find to go is in prayer. Psalm 86 shows us something that I wanted you to have. I want you to write this down. Psalm 86 gives us 15 prayer requests in one prayer. He asks for 15 different things in one prayer. And can I tell you that God answers all 15? I don't want you to do it now, but before uh, you turn in for the evening, I I want you to write down all the things you need God to do before October is over. And I need you to operate in that kind of resolute faith, believing that no matter how vast that list is, God is going to address all of them. I want to give you a uh, quick review and remember of the territory, the terrain, and scripture uh, that we have already covered. Uh, the first thing that we dealt with on uh, last week is why should we pray? Why should we pray? Uh, you remember that uh, David opens up in verse number one and says, I am in need and I am poor. And we talked about how our prayers must be transparent. Would you look at the person beside you, tell them I have a reason to pray. I got something going on in my life right now that requires my prayer life to be on point. Number one, write this down, is why should we pray? That was verse one, that was verse two, that was verse seven, that was verse 14, that was verse 16. Number two, the second reason, here it is, the second point principle was to whom should we pray? To whom should we pray? That was verse 5, that was verse 8, that was verse 9, that was verse 10. Uh, There is where we discover that the word Adonai, A-D-O-N-A-I, Adonai, which translates to mean Lord, is used seven times. For those of you who were not with us on last week, uh, those verses in which he uses the terminology Adonai, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 8 verse 9 verse 12 verse 15 you'll find it in the king james version you'll find a new living translation you'll find it in the niv that they do not use the term adonai they just use the word lord thirdly after why should we pray to whom should we pray then we went to our third point was how should we pray were y'all here last week? Don't seem like y'all were here. Uh, the third reason as to how should we pray is that we've got to do so earnestly. Uh, are your notes blacked out? Do, do you see what, where you wrote down to anything? Uh, yes, uh, that you uh, uh, earnestly pray. Uh, then after earnestly praying, uh, then the second uh, substratum to that is continuously praying. We pray continuously. I'm in Psalm 86, verse number three. For unto you I cry, when do you do it? All day long. Yeah, this isn't just one. I, I, I got to keep praying. I, I am praying, watch this, because I understand the intensity of the awareness of the urgency of the crisis. Uh, And so as often as I am thinking about the issue is as often as I am praying about the issue. Only cross your mind once, then just pray about it once. Uh, But if you are ever consumed and engrossed, enveloped—if you uh, would—in that issue, then you have to pray. Here it is, without ceasing. That's First Thessalonians five and seventeen. You already know it is to pray without ceasing. I shared with you uh, on uh, last week is that that level of uh, uh, consistent prayer is that prayer becomes as natural to you as breathing hallelujah. Uh, When I inhale, I'm taking in God. Uh, Would you take a deep breath right there? Take a deep breath right there. Inhale. When I exhale, here it is. I am getting rid of me. All right, let's try that. I want us to inhale. Would you take that in? Take that in. I am taking in. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew so I can love as thou hast loved, so I can do as thou wouldst do. Exhale. Forget about myself and concentrate on him and worship him. When I exhale, I am releasing all of the toxins. Here it is that block my faith. When I exhale, I am releasing all of the trauma that would short-circuit my capacity to trust him in every area. When I exhale, I am going beyond the realms of that which is logical and rational and stepping into the possibility of the supernatural. I want you right where it is that you are. Would you take a breath right there? Inhale. Think about the glory of God, the grace of God, the power of God. And now I want you to exhale think about what you can't do without him, what you can't accomplish without his grace, without his oil, without his power, How that it becomes as natural as breathing. I'm telling you that God is getting ready to so inundate you with the mantle of prayer, I hope you'll be able to receive it, that God will give you the gift to be able to pray in your sleep. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you didn't... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I want you to be able to, to pray in your sleep. Many of you uh, uh, go to bed but don't find rest because you don't allow your mind to rest. You are still consumed with the stress and the triggers of all it is of the baggage that you carried for that day. Can you imagine shifting that energy and that thought process to being consumed by worry and doubt and anxiety and flipping it over into prayer? I want to go a step further. I don't know whether you're ready to put a stamp on the envelope. Can you imagine your dreams having a collision with your prayer life? Can can, can, can you imagine you begin dreaming about what you're praying about and that you are seeing, here it is, the expected end. The amazing thing, watch how God introduces himself. He introduces himself only as Alpha and Omega, which suggests, here it is, that the middle we have to figure out through prayer. So those who have an anointing, what does God show you? He shows you where you are when he calls you and shows you the finished product, but never shows you the process. It is important, watch this, that because he is Alpha and Omega, I need you to note where Jesus is crucified. Jesus is not at the front of the line. He's not at the back of the line. Where the front of the line is Alpha, the back of the line is Omega. He has his hand stretched out in the middle, saying that the process between the beginning of your problem and the end of your resolve is where I stand. And so the only way that I can get through that process is that I've got to go through him If any man be in Christ, then he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things are becoming brand new. When I am stressed, why? It's because I am in the middle of that prayer being answered. You remember that the angel showed up and said, we heard your prayer the first time, but there was warfare in heaven, and the warfare in heaven blocked us from bringing us the answer to your prayer. Do you not? realize the answer to your prayer is so critical to the prince of darkness that he is doing everything he can to delay your prayer from getting answered. Hallelujah. But God told me to tell you, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but to those who endure to the end. The critical part that we miss out on is that the prayer was already answered. Daniel just didn't know it yet. The warfare stopped him from knowing it. It did not stop God from moving on it. Because when God has intention about your prayer, there is no force, no principality, no activity, no demonic present, no witch, no warlock, no generational curse that will be able to stop your prayer from being answered. I want you to confuse the enemy in this moment. Would you give God glory? Here it is. While you're in the middle of it. I haven't got to the end, but while I'm in the middle of it, I am expecting God to do great things About my prayer. How do I pray? I do it continuously. How do I pray? See, is uh, I pray thankfully. I want you to write that down, please. I need you to look at, uh, those of you with your Bibles uh, at your disposal, look at verse number 12, verse number 12 of Psalm 86. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. Uh, this goes right latched on to praying without ceasing. Uh, this is a continuation. Watch this. Praying without ceasing is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17. Uh, but I need you to look how in conjunction with Psalm 86 is 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. 5, 8, 5 17 says pray without ceasing. 518 says, in everything give thanks. It is the same pattern in Psalm 86 as you see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm doing continuously, but I am thanking him while I am doing it. We cannot give thanks to God from the heart unless we are submissive to the circumstances being under the authority of the sovereign Savior. I will bless the Lord when? At all times. We cannot wait to the last Thursday in November for Thanksgiving. Our thanksgiving, I need somebody to write this down. Thanksgiving is a demonstration of faith. Can you imagine this? Thanksgiving is a demonstration of faith. I am giving God thanks before I eat it. All right. And uh, Jesus took the bread. He lifted it up. He gave thanks. God, help me in here. And then he gave it away. He thanked him. I need you to notice this before it multiplied. It it was an act of faith. I am thanking you for what has not yet manifested because I have the faith that it is going to take place. I need you to lift up that hand right where you are. The Bible says he he lifts it up. Watch this. He gave thanks. He broke it. Here it is. And then he gave it away. I need that hand lifted because I need you to hear something very critical. The Bible says Jesus takes the bread. He lifts it up. He thanks him and then he breaks it. We are, I don't want you to miss this, we are the living bread. Because we are the living bread, watch this, God gave thanks to us. Here's the critical part. The thanks for us before he broke us. The breaking was necessary for the multiply. (laughs) It, It would have been messed up if he broke it and then thanked. He thanked and then broke. The reason why the enemy can't figure you out is you were thankful, here's your shout, before you went broke. You were grateful unto God before you lost your money, before you lost your job, before you lost your relationship, and because you were thankful before you went broke, God says, now you're ready to be multiplied. He takes the bread. He thanks it. Thanks God for the bread. He breaks it and then he gives it away. Can you be thankful? Here it is for unanswered prayer. Can I thank him before it is done? It is sheer, brazen, reckless faith. I am thanking you before I ever have it. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> I got I to thank you before I ever have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank you before I ever have it story is told, I I shared it prior, but it bears repeating in this moment. A story is told about an old woman uh, in a small little Baptist church and uh, it's an old school church where they used to have testimony service. And uh, this lady would get up uh, in service and said, I want to thank God uh, for my new Mercedes Benz. Uh, he, he's been so good to me. It's got a uh, sunroof. It's got uh, British tan leather seats. It's got adobe Dolby stereo. I, I want to thank God for my Mercedes Benz. Uh, the lady left out of church and uh, caught the bus home. And uh, the kids uh, went to pastor uh, and said uh, to pastor, uh, uh, that old lady who testifying is lying. She ain't got no Mercedes-Benz. Uh, she walking in here every Sunday talking about this Mercedes-Benz she's got. And we watched her catch the bus home. The pastor said, are you sure? She said, we sure? We watched her do it. Uh, the next Sunday after this that she gave the same testimony, I want to thank God for my new Mercedes Benz it's it's got tan leather seats it's got a sunroof it's got a Dolby stereo y'all ain't saying nothing the pastor sent the deacon said go follow her out go follow her out and uh, the deacons came back told the pastor same report she ain't got no Benz she got on the bus the third Sunday came she went and testified said I want to thank God for my new Benz It's got tan leather seats. It's got surround sound stereo. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Uh, And I want to thank God. The pastor said, "Uh, Mother, I need to see you after church. She said, yes, pastor. Uh, What what seems to be the problem? Says, uh, the people in the church are complaining. uh, Because they say, you lying on God. That every Sunday you thanking him for Mercedes Benz. They got tan leather seats that's got a sunroof, that's got a Dolby Stereo in it, and they see you catching the bus. She said, Pastor, I am not lying. I'm prophesying to myself that that's what I believe God's gonna do for me. I don't know where you are, but I want to thank God for my new Mercedes-Benz with tan leather seats that's got a sunroof, that's got Dolby Stereo in it, Will you thank God for what you don't have yet? You ain't lying. You just prophesying to yourself that it's got to take place. You have to thank him continuously. Oh, y'all ain't thanking him. Y'all got that kind of faith? Will you thank him for the five-bedroom house? Would you thank him? Would a six foot three man, would you thank him for all of your bills being paid? Would you thank him for the promotion on your job? You ain't lying. You just prophesy to yourself in prayer. You got to thank him continuously. Be seated, please. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ooh, I just want to thank him forever and ever for all he's done for me. Blessings and glory. They all belong to him. Hallelujah! Gotta thank him by praying continuously. You gotta pray thankfully. Hear this. Write this down. You have to pray in humility. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lay hands on yourself. Say, it's already mine. Everything I asked him for. I serve a God that cannot lie. His answer is yay and amen. God, I feel glory. Hallelujah. A demon just died right here. Whatever made you second guess, whatever you've been praying for, you better thank him in advance. He's praying continuously. He's praying thankfully. Huh. Hallelujah. He's um he's praying humbly. David's prayer is permeated with uh, humility. He does not make a uh, demand on God or try to keep God hostage. He doesn't complain. Saying, after all the years that I served you, after all the songs that I wrote, (laughs) how I danced naked and made a fool of myself, he don't remind God of none of that. He prays, hear this, for God to be gracious to him. He does a media ministry, if you'll show me, uh, in consecutive order, verse 3, and then I need verse number 16. Psalm 86, verse 3. Uh, And then uh, verse 16. Verse 16. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call on you all day long. Look at verse number 16. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you. Here's the shouting part that y'all missed. Because my mother did. Five of y'all should be turning these chairs out in the event you want to act like you don't know me I know you know my mama and the way my mama served you (laughs) you know it's serious when you throw your mama in there he said David says I need you to do it (laughs) not because of how I served you alone (laughs) oh Lord don't talk about my mama if you talk about my mama you're going to mess around and get a prayer answer you talk about my mama I'm telling you a window in heaven is going to open up if you talk about my mama demons will tremble because they know the prayers of my mama says I serve you just as my mother did. I don't know. Hey, nobody ain't preached this on Mother's Day. Something is wrong. Uh, uh, he says, I need you to be gracious. Turn towards me because of how my mother served you. Here it is. Uh, he refers to himself as God's servant and then he keep throwing his mother back in here. <laughs> says, uh, I am God's servant. I am the son of your handmaiden. Uh, Says I am afflicted. Uh, I'm needy. I'm poor. I have weaknesses. I am broken. I am frail. I am trifling. But my cosigner is my mama. I, I can really end right here. Some of y'all better know your next prayer got nothing to do with your raggedy life. But you had a mama who walked upright. God, I can't hear nobody who made the necessary sacrifices. He looks beyond all my faults and remembers my mother's sacrifice says, I, I've got to do so in humility. Now, what is amazing is that this prayer is not private. I need you to pay attention to this. I need you to hear it. This prayer is not private. It is a publicly written uh, and published document that he's given to the whole kingdom so that you understand uh, the depth of what is happening. David, uh, new birth, is writing this as a king. And so he is exposing to the people who follow his leadership that while I am king, I am broken. (laughs) While I am king. There's some things you don't know about me because you done got caught up in this title. Don't, don't, Don't let this position fool you. I am not here of my own accord. Not by might, nor by power, but by... I'm concerned about anointed people who are arrogant. uh, Because they get on this stage and get amnesia and think that it's all about them. When you get up here, you better humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm not deserving to even speak your name. I'm grateful. What David is putting out here... Is uh, is scandalous. Uh, it 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 is the stuff the Secret Service was paid to keep hush. Hmm. Uh, those who operated as the protocol officers did not want this leaked. In, in fear, it would compromise his authority. But David says, listen, I I need the people who follow me to know that that while I am leading, I am yet an under shepherd. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm telling you, it don't matter where you find yourself in life. If you don't learn how to bow down and humble yourself in the presence of God. Hear this. If you don't bow down, God will make you lay down. An old, uh, an, an old. Uh, an old uh, professor of mine used to say this. I've, I've adopted it. Uh, he says, if, uh, if you do not become humble, you will end up humiliated. I need somebody to tweet that for me. If, if you do not become humble, you will end up humiliated. God has a way to keep us humble. But it's better, here it is, if you humble yourself. Uh, You you, you have to be uh, humble. How do we pray? We do so humbly. Uh, Now, uh, let's go to our fourth and final section of Psalm 86. And uh, that fourth and final section is what should we pray for? The first section of Psalm 86 is why should we pray? I'm poor and I'm needy. To whom shall I pray? Adonai, who is our Lord. How should we pray? Earnestly, continually, thankfully, humbly. Number four, fourth section in this uh, teaching manifest on the autopsy of prayer. uh, Part two, what should we pray? The very first thing that we should be praying for. I know it's old fashioned, but I need you to have it. Very first thing you are praying for is salvation. You see how it, the new saints don't even shout over salvation no more. Yeah, yeah. In, in the old church where we had red carpet, amen. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> if he don't do nothing else, he don't. Y'all don't even get excited about salvation no more. Yeah? Yeah, no, nobody shout over he coming back again. Y'all, yeah? like Lord, just wait a while. I, I wanna, I wanna get some stuff first. Uh, first thing that we pray for is uh, salvation. You'll find that in uh, Psalms 86, verse 2 and verse 16. Guard my life. If I'm faithful to you. Here's that word. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. I want you to look at uh, verse 16. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Here's that word again. Save me. Save me. Prayer for Salvation. I don't know if you all uh, remember uh, this guy. Uh, he's uh, on a ship one time, and uh, Jesus is coming from the opposite direction, uh, and he uh, raises his voice and says, Master, is that you? And, and if that's you, uh, let me come to where you are. Jesus responds with just one word and says, Come. I got to pause right here. Y'all ain't going to believe it. This is only for people who got a real, viable, and active prayer life. Uh, Jesus is walking on the water one day. Uh, The disciple sees him walking. He's unsure as to whether or not it's him. He says, Master, is that you? He said, yes, it's me. He said, if that's you, bid for me to come. And the master says, come. Uh, th- this is so good. I am t- I got goosebumps trying to tell it to you right now. Uh, all the disciples are on a boat one day. Uh, Jesus had told them, I'm going to meet you on the other side. Uh, a boisterous storm begins to barrel uh, and begins to squall. And only one of them has enough faith to ask in the midst of that storm, Master, is that you? By this time, they have been traveling with Jesus for two and a half years. But the question is, how come they didn't recognize him when they had been eating with him, been walking with him, been preaching? with him, but didn't recognize him. They did not recognize him. Why? Because in those two and a half years that they were with him, they had never seen Jesus in a storm before. Uh, sometimes you got to figure out, do I recognize God when I'm in a storm? It's easy to see God when things are placid and clear, but can I see him when the clouds are dark, when the storm is raging and something amazing happens? He says, Master, if that's you, bid." it for me to come, the Master said, "It is I come." Yeah. Pastor, you done gone over this three times. I still don't got it. I want you to understand how, what it is that happened. Any conversation with God, any conversation with God is prayer. <laughs> any conversation with God I do not want you to regulate yourself to Elizabethan English uh, of the King James version as translated by William Shakespeare in 1611 that has got to be the thou and ye I-, I need you to know anytime you talk to God it is prayer and so the disciple says master if that is you let me come and the master says it is I then come so what am I trying to say to you now that I've gone over it four times The thing that I am trying to get over to you is that that disciple, hear this, was never called to walk on water. That was not his calling. It was not his assignment. It wasn't his oil. Y'all getting ready to miss it. But he asked for it. Oh God, God, I can't hear nobody. Do you know God is going to give you abilities that you were not naturally born with. He's going to give you capacity you were not trained or educated in, but because you asked for it. He said there were other people on the boat, but they didn't have enough faith to ask for what you asking for. So I'm going to let you walk on this water. You you, got to have enough faith to ask for stuff you were not called to. God, I can't hear nobody to ask God for stuff that is not natural to you. You here for five of y'all that are screaming in this room. You got to ask God for stuff you previously were never exposed to. That doing this, you didn't even know was an option. You had no idea this was even available. You didn't even know this was on the menu, but because you asked for it. You got to be able to do it here it is, in that level of understanding that uh, God has got to do it for me. And so he walks out on the water, and when he walks out on the water, he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And when he takes his eyes off of Jesus, we find now the very first New Testament prayer of salvation before the birth of the church in Acts. He extends his hand, and all the Bible readers, you should be right here, he now takes a caption from Psalm 86 and says, Save me. Now, isn't it amazing? No other disciple ever prayed save me. They were so glad to be in the inner circle. They were so glad to sit in the pulpit. They were so glad to sit on the front row that they never asked for salvation. Don't ever get so big that you find yourself in the middle of a storm and a situation and the only thing you can pray is Lord save me. You have to be all the way out there Before it is that he had the sense enough to incline his heart and his tongue to pray for salvation. You got to pray for salvation. Jesus, I need the church people to hear this. Jesus did not come. You ain't going to like it. Church people are not going to like it. Five of them getting ready to log off. I need you to hear this. This is going to mess you up. Jesus did not come for decent people. Right, I, I knew y'all weren't going to shout about that. He, he, he did not come for people who just needed a boost to their self-esteem. Who just needed a shot to their morale. Jesus came for people who would be able to say, I was sinking deep in sin. Very deeply. stained within. But the master... Of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. From the water, he lifted me and sank. Hallelujah. The, 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 The salvation. If you have never cried for salvation, that is your principal prayer need. Before you ask for rent money, before you ask for tuition. Before you ask for a mate, you got to be praying, Lord, save me. Some of y'all need to renew your covenant right now. Would you lift up that hand right now and just cry out loud, Lord, save me. Hallelujah. We have to pray for salvation. Save my soul. Save me from this situation. Save me from this bad contract. Save me from this partnership. Save me. Only nine of y'all gonna be on. Save me from myself. I I, I don't want, I don't want to be a terrorist of self-sabotage. That what has happened to me did not come at the hands of other people. It came from my bad decisions, came from my porch. Ain't nobody set me up but me. I put myself in areas where I knew I wasn't strong. I I allowed myself to lose my voice and not speak for what it is that I demand, what I require and what I expect. Lord, save me from me. Because you know me, I will try to cut across the field, find a shortcut, try to get it the easy way, but you never let me get away. You let all of them do it, but as soon as I try it, the sheets are pulled right off of me. Lord, save me from me. I have to pray for salvation. Secondarily, hear this. I have to pray. We don't use this word in common vernacular. I, I have to pray for single-mindedness. Praying for single-mindedness. I need you to hear it. I'm turning myself in. Um, Do you know how hard it is to be single-minded in a culture of multitasking? You you can't even sit through a movie without scrolling through Instagram. I mean, you commit, you under your shirt looking at it. (laughs) So the light don't blare. It it ain't nothing happening. (laughs) You have to ask God, hear this. You have to ask God, what should I be learning about him in this? Can you imagine that quite possibly... What you're going through is not an opportunity to learn about yourself, but to be introduced to a um, dimension of God that has not yet been revealed to you. It is only in sickness that you find out he's a healer. It is only in a drought that you find out he is the God of the harvest. It is only in brokenness that you find out that he is a comforter. Begin in your prayer life asking, Lord, what in you have I been missing? What in you do I need to be exposed to? What what you are going through, can I say, I better say it. what, What you are dealing with Mama has no point of reference. I'm talking to grown ups. You, 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 you dealing with 21st century postmodern post pandemic crisis, and your mother's point of reference is 89. It's not arrogant, it's not flippant, it's not dismissive. She ain't got no clue is sage wisdom is counsel but does it have relevance to where it is that you are I need a fresh dispensation of the revelation of who God is for me in this hour because where I am in God is so far from where God was when I got saved the stuff I cried over that night won't even make me flinch tonight Oh God, I can't hear nobody. When I was at the altar snotting and crying, had that come today, I would have just drunk a Pepsi and just kept driving cuz I've been through so much stuff since then that I need a fresh revelation of who God is. People don't want to hear Here it is, that the theory of of evolution is not uh, relevant to the planet. It is relevant to the master. That in one sound, God changed. Hallelujah. The big bang for you, here it is, was the sound of an ambulance. One sound. Changed everything for you. Guilty. One sound. I don't want to be in this no more. One sound. We done found cancer in your body. God, I can't hear nobody. And bam, God had to change who He was in your life. I am believing that God is evolving into another dimension of what it is that you have never seen in Him before that God is getting ready to bless you in places you didn't even know was possible. Your mama was waiting on a check, but you were about to get a zell. I can't hear nobody in here. There will not be a knock on the door. There will be an alert on your phone. I don't know how many of you all are ready for another dimension of God that you have never even seen before. Moses put it this way Moses said Lord show me your hinder parts I can't take the glory of your face I don't even want you to think I'm after your hand but let me just see the back of you God I can't hear nobody this is for mature believers that are saying if I can just get a glimpse of who God is in any direction I want the single-minded focus of God that wherever it is that I see him and whatever place that I find myself, I still recognize who he is. I'm single-minded that in my prayer, I want to learn more about God. In my prayer, I want more of him to be revealed. I share with you someday they were on that ship. And uh, they said, Master, do you not care that we're getting ready to perish? And I told you on Sunday uh, that nobody ever considered that Jesus was in the same boat. Nobody on the boat was concerned about Jesus drowning. And he in the same boat as them. Can, can, can you all ever take a moment outside of your need, outside of your trauma, the pathology of your own family life? Have you ever considered uh, the childhood trauma of, uh, of Jesus? Yeah. I'm talking to somebody in this room who was raised by your grandmother. Somebody in this room was raised by your aunt, your mama, still loved the streets. <laughs> Didn't have time. And, uh, your father is almighty and put you up for adoption. He he, he created everybody in the universe and decided to give you a dad that's a blue collar worker. He could have chose any mother but gave you a mom who's a teenager with no insurance. Enriched your immune system by allowing you to be birthed in a manger. (laughs) God, God, I can't hear nobody. That God would position you in a place that at 12, which is your bar mitzvah, your coming of age, of where it is that you become a man in uh, Jewish custom and tradition, and at your bar mitzvah, you get lost. Can't find your parents they finally show up three days later and Jesus says to his adopted surrogate foster parents don't you know I'm about my father's business and what nobody has ever unpacked for you is the moment Jesus becomes a man at 12 finds his voice and recognizes these are not my real parents from that moment we can't find Joseph again Joseph didn't mind being present as long as I was insecure. God, I can't hear nobody. He didn't mind being in my life as long as I didn't know who I was. But the moment I know who I am, now you're going to back up on me as if I'm wrong to come into my full potential. How do you give up on me at 12? God, I can't hear nobody in here. Nobody ever thinks on the trauma of Jesus' childhood that it ain't until we find that crippled man who was brought in by five of his friends that we even find out that Jesus got other brothers and sisters and my own brothers and sisters won't hang with me because I'm the stepchild. God, I can't hit me. I had to get 12 strangers to believe in my ministry because my own siblings don't see who I am or the value of what it is that I carry. Y'all don't see my trauma? You don't understand what it means to be special, to be unique, to be anointed, to be called out, and I have no evidence of friendships until I'm 30? And then at 30, I got to pick them because my whole life nobody ever chose me. God, I can't hear nobody. Do you know what it's like to feed 5,000 people in one day? To stop everything that you have? To give sight to the blind? To risk your own health with lepers? And then to be crucified? And the only one there is your mama and a stripper? Do you know what that feels like? To have that level of trauma that you pull people out of obscurity? But the one time you going through, they act like they don't know who you are If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't even have a name. If it wasn't for me, you would have never been in history. But now you walking away from me. So when he says, uh, Father, forgive them. That wasn't just to the Romans. That wasn't just the soldiers. We'll never talk about this. Lord, forgive the daddy you chose for me. I didn't choose that man. God, I, I didn't know he was that weak. But you chose him for me, knowing the call on my life. You couldn't have gave me a father that was strong and could handle my gift and yet want me to save the world. I I, got to pray at a different level of capacity to know who I am and what I'm dealing with. I'm praying for salvation. I'm praying for single-mindedness. Let me get out of here because I ain't never going to be able to finish this. I got to pray for supremacy. Salvation, single-mindedness, supremacy. David prophesied that all nations will worship before God and glorify his name. I'm in Psalm 86, I'm in verse number 9. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. One reason that God brings trials into our lives is so that we'll call on him and glorify him. God needs an excuse to rescue. (laughs) I told you last week that God needs to be needed. He needs an excuse to rescue. He's walking around with his chest out saying, I got to be able to do something for somebody today. And you keep asking, acting as if you don't need an intervention. And God now got a plea. Will you just let me rescue you from something? I want to do it. If you call on me, I'll answer. I need an opportunity to flex my muscle so that I can show the world what it is that I am able to do, that I can do it with power, with splendor, and with glory. Let's look at uh, Psalm 86, verse number five, and then I'll, uh, I'll let you go. Psalm 86, verse number five. For you, Lord, are good. I love this. You're ready to forgive. You're abundant in love and kindness. And this is only available to those who call on you. It is the supremacy of the Savior that I am praying for. I, um, I wanted to remind you that God is a jealous lover. Yeah. Um, he is uh, such a jealous lover that he stalks you. He, he, he doesn't want you out there by yourself. He is so infatuated with you that he started looking at you while you were in your mother's womb. You um, um, were so precious that he assigned two angels with a lifetime warranty. Goodness and mercy. Follow me all the days of my life. But he's got to let you to understand that in the uniqueness of your individuality, you still have to function in the throes of humility. Because if you don't do that, then he's got to pull you down. Have you ever taken a moment to consider um, to consider why Satan hates you? You haven't thought about it? You'd be offended if I told you. That uh, your track record is worse than Lucifer's. I, I didn't think you would take that well. Um, <laughs> can, can, can you imagine that, that Lucifer only went against God once? Everything he did thereafter, he was doing under assignment. It, it is what uh, theologians call the permissive will of God. Uh, that it can only happen after God co-signs it. You, you really don't know why Satan hates you. He, he, he had uh, the best voice in heaven. Uh, some theologians say his body was an instrument. Uh, that there was no key that he could not sing. No chord that he could not hit. I'm telling you, his riffing was through the roof. And see, what it is that you forgot is that when he's thrown out of heaven, he loses the gift. Hallelujah. So so once it is that he is thrown out of heaven, I can find him slithering. Hallelujah. I can see him roaming the earth. I, I can see him as the prince of darkness. But from that one instance, I never hear him sing again. God, help me in here. So as a consequence, when it is that Satan loses his position, this introduces corporate worship. That there will be no more solos. Now everybody gets to sing. God, I can't hear nobody. Ain't ain't nobody better than anybody else. Everybody sing glory. Everybody sings hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I am praying under God, I am not better than anybody else. I understand I am a wretch God that I put my pants on, one leg at a time, just like you, but I know how to say glory, how to say hallelujah. David said, whatever you do, please don't take your spirit away from me. I want you to lift up that hand. Would you open up your mouth? Somebody just shout glory. Hey, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up that hand for me, please. Lift up that hand. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray on behalf of every lifted hand. God, I got to tell you, we are in need. We're in trouble. Many of us are poor in our economy. Others of us are poor in our spirit. Others of us are poor in our mindset. Lord, we come to you today recognizing you as Adonai. You are our Lord. We come to you earnestly in the posture of Abraham Lincoln because we got nowhere else to go. If thou withdraw thy hand from this, whither shall we go? God, we're coming to you and you're going to keep hearing our voice. Because we are committed to pray to you in our sleep. God, I can't hear nobody. Lord, when I'm tossing and turning, move stuff around. When I shift my position in the bed, shift my position in the earth. God, I dare you to interrupt my dreams. With the sound of intercession, our hands are lifted because like that drowning disciple, we need you to save us. We need you to pull us out of what we've been in. We need you to heal us from childhood wounds, from childhood issues. God, we're single-minded in our focus. One thing have we desired of you, and that will we seek after both night and day. Lord, we pray that you will recognize, that we recognize your divine supremacy. You are Lord of all. And because of that, we're not lying, we prophesying that our prayer will be answered. And those that of you that believe it, would you give God glory for it even right now? I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.